Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. If you're not already, make sure you follow us on social at School and Life Podcast on Instagram and School and Life Pod on Facebook. We can't wait to connect with you there. Up first in Mentor Moment, I want to talk a bit about career development or career advancement and mindset. One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is the success of my mentees. I just wrapped up the January cohort of the Mentor Me Accelerator, and right now I'm recruiting for the March cohort of that same program. And I'm really proud to share that so many of my mentees are overwhelmingly successful. They see five-figure salary increases. They just have increased job and career confidence. They um, know how to manage up and lead from where they are. They are getting those callbacks on jobs that they desire, and they're making more money and having more impact in their career, which is something that my program promises. But certainly there are women who don't find success. And I've been trying to think about like what differentiates the women who see all of those successes that I described and those that don't. And one of the things that keeps coming up for me is the mindset of the women who are successful. They came in having a clear problem, right? (laughs) Uh, They know, uh, they don't even always necessarily know what the problem is, but they have a problem. Like they know they've been job searching and not getting results. They know they don't really know how to articulate what they're good at. They know their resume, cover letter, LinkedIn, or trash. They know that they don't know how to really interview with confidence or negotiate a salary that's commiserate with their um, expertise. They know that. They know that that's a problem and they come to me for a resolution and the program is specific designed to address those specific problems and then to help you identify and secure that new role and then develop a career development roadmap, a guide for the next steps in your career. And so knowing that you have a problem and having one of those problems, right, (laughs) is like definitely a defining success factor. And then I think another success factor that I see in successful mentees is taking immediate action, like having a mindset that this is going to work if I work it and I'm going to be committed to taking immediate action on what I learn, right, from Ashley through the accelerator. And I'm just so super duper proud of that because the women who do see those successes, they don't wait. One of my mentees, Janine, she talks about like within two weeks of her being in the program. So the program wasn't even over yet. I mean, it was a third of the way over. She had already secured a new role, right? Like, I mean, she was taking immediate action and those characteristics, someone who can do that, they find success. And uh, I think the third sort of characteristic is women who believe in their own expertise. Certainly I do a lot around career confidence and we'll work on building your career confidence, but one of the characteristics of successful women in the program is their ability to believe in their expertise, to believe in like what they're good at and to know that their expertise has value. For women who feel like, I don't really feel like this has value or I don't think this industry is going to pay me what I'm worth or nobody in this industry makes money, like all that will block you from even applying the strategies because you don't even believe they can work for you, right? And so women who really believe in their own value, really believe 
that it works if you work it will, will find success. And so for those of you who might be on the fence about whether working with an expert level mentor or whether the accelerated program might be a good fit for you, I really do want to encourage you to assess whether those characteristics, like whether you feel like you have those characteristics. Do you believe that you can make money from your expertise? Like, do you really believe that? Do you have one of those problems, right? One of those pain points that I talked about, like not really knowing what you're good at, not knowing how to articulate your value, not really knowing what your values are, which careers align with those values, not really having your resume, your cover letter, your materials together to really position yourself as a top candidate. If you have a pain point around, like I've never really successfully negotiated a salary ad and I don't really know how to do that. If that is something that you struggle with, then I definitely know that the accelerator is going to be a really good fit for you to resolve that. And if those characteristics align with who you are, where you are right now, and definitely encourage you to apply to the program. Applications for the Accelerator close next week on Friday. And so I want to encourage you to um, visit my website at mentor-me.org backslash accelerator and apply to be a part of the March cohort. It is a great time for you to take immediate action to really have the impact in your career that you desire and really be paid well for your expertise. So next up is I Digress. And this week we are talking climate change or a Black girl's guide to climate change. With nearly 70% of the country covered in snow, this seems like an appropriate time to talk about climate change. Texas, for example, is seeing unprecedented snow and ice causing more than 4 million people to be without power. And many of them are Black and Brown people. Now more than ever, we're seeing that environmental justice is really aligned with racial justice. And it's important that we know about and talk about climate change so that we can really guard ourselves to be well, to protect our families, to stay warm and dry, to have running water so that we don't fall peril to climate that's ever deteriorating right around us. So join Marcy and I as we talk about climate change, our knowledge of it, how, what we're doing to try to practice sustainability and protect the environment and what Black women in general might do to be more conscious of climate change. So Marcy, do you regularly think about and sort of talk about climate change? I wouldn't say that I necessarily regularly think about it. I do try to be conscious of it. Like we think about what our carbon footprint is going to be, how much we're driving. Like in Atlanta, the public transportation system is awful because so there's not really lots of options regarding that, but definitely like trying to carpool. Of course, with COVID, we ain't going nowhere. So we're really doing our part for climate change now. Recycling. So we're always talking about recycling and just kind of trying to be mindful. But I would say that that's kind of the extent to what we do on our, on Hulu. One of the commercials that keeps coming up is about Grove and how they are encouraging people to use reusable containers and they have this whole system and process for it. And so that's also something that I'm looking into. So I think it's something that I think about but it's not necessarily something that's always on my mind. What about you? Do you regularly think about climate change? I don't, you know, it's not something that crosses my mind a lot. I grew up in the Midwest. And so like, I'm a girl that's kind of like used to four seasons. Um, now living in the Northeast, there is, feels like two seasons 
winter for nine months and then spring for four. So it doesn't really get that hot or anything. So that's kind of a bummer. But yeah, like I I guess I don't think a lot about it, but I do think a lot about racial justice and I do think a lot about economic justice. And so now I'm starting to see, right, the impacts of climate change as a real environmental justice issue. And I want to like be more conscious of it. I want to be more knowledgeable about it because I feel like it impacts us, Black people, Black women more intentionally than others. And I really am starting to feel like this needs to be a more important issue for Black people. When I think about families that are struggling in Texas, for example, the entire state, the entire Southwest is struggling. But Ted Cruz can just go to Cancun or whatever with the girls. Like he can pick up and go. Like it's no, it's no big deal. He can fly out. But there are families there, primarily black and brown families who cannot fly out, who don't have anywhere to go, uh, who are without power and running water. Um, and electricity. And that is like a real problem. And the fact that they're not public utilities, right, that they're privatized, and that they're a for profit business when it's like a basic need in the 21st century is just like, making me angry and (laughs) makes me want to like think so much more and prioritize climate change in my like list of important things for black people. Do you think that climate change is an important issue for black people? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I've necessarily thought about it specifically, how it disproportionately impacts Black folks. I just think that we should be informed, right? Like, especially because we are people who are continuing to populate the earth and we want to have an earth that's going to be available for ourselves in the future, as well as future generations. And the way that I'm thinking about it now is just in terms of like literally you just asking that question is we are like building this country right now like we've built it right and then right now we are really like putting our footprints on history and on society and I would hate for us to do all of this and invest all this and then we don't have a world to (laughs) reap the benefits of in the future which I think like with climate change and the way that it's going like that could be a possibility so I don't, I haven't really thought of it specifically for us, but I definitely think that, I definitely think that it's important for us to be knowledgeable and for us to be doing our part. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I struggle, I guess. So going back to what we said earlier around like not necessarily having the knowledge of it without having, with being ignorant around the topic, I can't necessarily speak to even what it disproportionately does for Black folks. So like seeing what's happening in Texas and of course, even thinking about like Hurricane Katrina and not that that was related to climate change, but just like the ways that when natural disasters happen or when like things that happen in the environment happen, they generally disproportionately impact us because we don't necessarily have the resources to like have a bomb shelter or like to be able to get out. And so when I think of it disproportionately impacting black people, I wonder just how that lack of resources that we already have play a part in that. And for black women in particular, when we think about like financial resources, we tend to still be the least paid of any population, of any group of people. And so not having access to those resources, not having access to that certain level of money, I think can really impact 
how we're affected by climate change and how we're affected by these things that happen in society. And so that would kind of be how I imagine it impacting us disproportionately. What ways do you see the care or the lack thereof disproportionately impacting Black people and Black women in particular? Yeah, I was going to bring up Hurricane Katrina too, Marcy, because I think that absolutely, like it, it is a, a perfect example, right, of how Black people, poor Black people in particular, live in flood zones. We live in places that are under a fault line, right? Like this is more likely. We're pushed to those places, not because we want to live there or because that's where affordable housing is. Affordable housing is built on those places that disproportionately are susceptible to hurricanes, to earthquakes, to the like. I was reading an article um, that said that Black people made up over half of the total fatalities and over 80% of the homes that were lost during Hurricane Katrina. And that's not an accident right? Like that's not something that is just like a oopsie daisy. And so, I mean, I was reading something that said the Middle East, like Damascus has, they, like their university has a snow day yesterday, right? Like this is, (laughs) this is like a real, like a serious global issue and, right? Like it's a serious global issue and it's disproportionately impacting black and brown people. And so I think that when it comes to like where our housing is and the housing segregation, when it comes to like our ability to move and relocate, right? Like maybe if you don't have that emergency savings, you can't move to Houston after a Hurricane Katrina. You can't move to Missouri after your power's been out for a week and there's no water in when you live in Dallas, right? Like there's nowhere for you to go. And so I think that it it just it absolutely does disproportionately impact us. And I think the the federal government's care, lack of care around climate change, particularly in the last administration, doesn't help. When I think about Texas, it wants to be its own country basically. It doesn't have public utilities, and that's part of the problem. It's privatized. There's no there's no regulations, there's no social accountability, there's no social check on that. And so then we end up at the short end of the stick. And it's interesting because I don't feel like I've never been more sort of passion, uh, passionate and more like intentionally focused on climate change than I am right now. And, I, and I'm excited to think about things that I can do in my daily life to like be more environmental friendly, be more sustainable. I definitely am not one that like regularly recycles or one that is like, oh, let me turn these lights off. Like I, I don't have those practices as a, as a part of my daily practice. And I'm eager to like be more intentional about that. If no, if for no other reason to honor how, how so many black and brown folks are disproportionately impacted. Like Marcy, do you consider yourself environmental friendly or do you do things to try to like be intentionally sustainable? Yeah, those are two different things to me. I would not necessarily consider myself to be environmentally friendly, but I do think that we intentionally try to do things to do better. So like we spent, I think I've talked about this on the episode episode before that we spent all this money on windows that would allow us to have more insulation in the home, would cut down on our electricity bills, be more, like that was definitely a big part, but also just being more conscious about what that means to be more energy efficient. Like I hate leaving 
electricity running. So people that just have TVs running in the background for no reason drive me crazy. And I'm always like, just turn it off. And so I always turn off things if we're not at home for long periods of time. We usually just unplug everything to make sure that electricity is not running. We do recycle regularly. We try to cut down on the use of plastic. I'm pretty bad. Can you, let's pause for just a second and let's see if we can go back. Okay. And my, and I'll tell you that before we, sorry, my internet has been horrible all week. Oh no. Um, okay. So I'll make, I'll share it with Casey in the editing, but let's, let's just like pause to give her like a silent like note. Okay, so the last thing I heard was um, like we recycle regularly and then that's the last thing I heard. Yeah, so I think there's a difference between like me being environmentally friendly and making choices that um, are good for the environment. And so I would say that we definitely make a lot of choices that are we try to be good for the environment. So we recycle regularly. I think I mentioned on the episode way back when that we paid all these thousands of dollars for these new windows to have more insulation in our home so that we're not running the air as much, we're not running the heat as much. We try to go shopping regularly so that we're not buying food in bulk and then in turn wasting it. We try to buy the food that we're going to cook so that we're not being wasteful in that regard. We have water filters so that we're not using bottled water and do, using a lot of plastic. We use recyclable bags. So I definitely think that we tried to be as environmentally friendly as possible. And I imagine that there are lots of other ways that we can do more of that. And as we're talking about it now, like you said, I think that just kind of being more informed and being more intentional about what this means for us and what this means for communities and future generations to make sure we have something to be investing in. I think it's going to be important to just be considering more about what that can look like and as Black women, like, it's not our responsibility to take the role on, but we do everything so well when we decide to do it and we're always winning. And so I think that where we start is just by being more informed. And I know that we're going to share some resources around how we can be more informed, but just making sure that we know that this is not, I think that sometimes, and maybe I'll just, I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes I can look at certain things and be like, oh, that's not about me, right? Like, oh, that's so quote unquote white people thing. Or, oh, that's something that they need to be worried about, right? Or the government's going to take care of it. Not that I believe that the government's actually going to take care of anything, but it's just kind of one of those things that if you don't know as much information about it, you can separate from. But I think that we, one, because of who we are and how passionate we are about things is we can be more intentional about like, yeah, this is about us and recognizing that there are so many little things that we can be doing to contribute. So knowing, having the knowledge first and then making better decisions, just like we encourage people to do all the time. I think those are some of the places that can really help us to get started. Where do you think Black women who want to be more conscious of climate change can learn more? Yeah, I think what you were saying, Marcy, about like, oh, this isn't my issue or that's a quote unquote white people thing is definitely how I've like long felt about climate change. But I'm starting to turn a corner and I do see the value, right, in like what it means to really care about climate change because it 
like the lack of care disproportionately impacts us. And so I think we can start with our identity as Black people, as Black women in particular. The Black Lives Matter movement is very adamant that they are not just about police brutality. Like they see climate change, environmental justice as a foundational part of their work. So if you want to leverage your Black identity and as well as like thinking critically about, you know, climate change, you can start there, right? And I think that a lot of organizations that are rooted in Black identity also need to be focused on environmental justice as well. So I think that the Black Lives Matter movement is a great place to start. And their website is blacklivesmatter.com. In their, like, what we believe statement, they specifically talk about environmental justice and global actions that Black people can take and others can take to address issues that disproportionately impact Black people. So I think that that is a great place to start. And again, that's blacklivesmatter.com. And we digress. So next up is All Black Everything. This is the last episode of Black History Month 2021. So Marcy, what do you have for us this week? So this week in All Black Everything, I just want to shout out again, we've been talking about people who are making history and just doing these really great things today. And one of the things I've been really interested in right now is how Black women are talking about money and how like finances has been just a shift for us. And I'm really excited about it. So I came across this story on Because of Them We Can of a young woman who is the youngest woman, and I would have put Black woman in here as well, but the youngest Black woman trader on the New York Stock Exchange, Exchange, and she is getting her own show. So Lauren Simmons is 26 years old, and she wanted to go into medicine, but then she, as she went through college, she realized that she had this love for math and then shifted to a career in finance. And just at 22, making the youngest, 22 years old, she was the youngest and only woman trading full-time during the New York Stock Exchange. Now, now she is launching a show entitled Going Public, where it will allow business owners to offer shares of their companies to investors and viewers. So while we're talking about like having very lim- limited knowledge about climate change, the one thing that I am not ashamed to say that I have no knowledge about is stocks and investing, like zero. They have the little Acorn app that will do it for you now. And I'm like, no, I don't want it because I can't understand it. I'm not, I don't have the time for it. So to see this young Black girl saying, this young Black woman saying, I'm going to be in this predominantly white space, this generally predominantly white older males and kill it, like come out of the game, killing it and have my own TV show where I can create more knowledge around people being able to invest in their business and get people to get more money. I am obsessed with it and I love it. And I just she's only 26. And so I know that she is going to continue to be a trailblazer and make all of these really wonderful things happen in the world of finance and stocks and diversifying your portfolio. I know the language, I don't know what it means. And so I'm really excited to see what Lauren does um, and how she continues to make Black history in our lives. Yes, I love that. Like, I think that's so dope. And I remember hearing about her last week, but now to know she has her own show and it's all about helping other people build wealth uh, through the work that she does. That's just amazing. I'm so hyped to see it. I'm so hyped to like, just watch her journey. And then listen, what I was not doing at 26, that like, that's so impressive. That is so impressive. Thank you for sharing that, Marcy. That's truly all black everything. Next up is Selfish Tip of the Week. What do you have for us this week? 
So this week is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, and in a lot of places, we use this as a time to focus on loving your body. So we usually, like in my old job, we would call it Love Your Body Week, which I like better. So this week's selfish tip of the week is just that, to make sure you focus on loving your body. We live in a society that literally teaches us that we should do everything except love our body. And you don't have to wait until you lose the weight. You don't even have to have an intention of losing weight or strive to be in a different shape. You don't have to wear a full face of makeup, get surgeries, do all these enhancements to love your body. So I would just say, take a step to affirm your body every day. There's so much that your body does for you that we don't give it credit for. So why not treat it with love? So that is the selfish tip of the week. Yes, I love that. And I think one of the things that I do to like, do like have that a part of my practice is that like I will walk around in the buff check your girl out in the mirror just like caress myself give myself a hug like touch things that maybe I don't touch as often as I should just to make sure everything feeling like it should no lumps no bumps or bumps and lumps where they supposed to be and not where they shouldn't be things like that so yeah I am team love your body and I love that you brought that to the show wonderful so last but not least is TVT and Marcy's leading TVT this week we're going to talk about glass blowing. So Marcy, I'm, I'm, I haven't watched the show, so I'm excited to hear you talk about it. Yes, this is such a random thing. This is generally not my genre of television, but Netflix suggested that we watch a show called Blown Away. They re- Netflix recently dropped the second season. So there are actually two seasons of this show. And it is pretty much your like typical competition show like Hell's Kitchen for cooking. I mean, what are some of the other ones? There are whatever the great Bake Off, those kinds of shows. Except this one is about blowing glass. And I've heard of like clap classes where you can learn to blow glass but essentially what blowing glass is is it's creating these struck these items from glass and I don't even know how to explain it now they have the they heat up the mechanisms they heat up the glass they put it into this thing called a glory hole and it's not what you think a glory hole is so get your minds out of the gutter it's this furnace where it heats up to 1800 degrees and then it melts the glass they pull it out and then they blow it into a shape so that then they can design it into something else and they make like the most amazing thing. So each week there are 10 contestants and each week they go through and they have a different challenge that they have to complete. So the one we were watching most recently, they had to create a centerpiece, but you have to think about the functionality of it. So you want to make sure that people aren't like having to look around it. So they had all of these different things. And then another one was like a statement, a piece about a statement or a cause that you're passionate about. And they literally could make some of anything. So usually when you think about glasses, you're like, oh, plates and cups and dishes or even vases. No, these people are creating like teddy bears and structures and like, y'all, you just have to go watch it because clearly I'm at a loss for words how to actually explain it to people. But it's it's also one of the first time something like this has been aired on television so this is the first show about glass blowing when I tell you that I didn't even realize that like glass blowing was a field these people have been in the field for like 20 30 years blowing glass and they have these like exceptional skills 
I watch it and I'm like, how is it even possible that you were able to create this from that little piece of material that you just grabbed up? So I would just really recommend checking it out. I think it's so cool and so like neat that they would take this really small community and highlight it on television and just show the world like all of these glass things that you have at home actually came from somewhere. And I'm sure that most of the things you have in your home did not come from these people and what they do, but it's just cool to really think about. So if you have Netflix, I would definitely check out, I would definitely recommend checking out Blown Away because it is such a cool concept. Yeah, I don't know much about the field either, but I do think it's so dope that people can just really like build their profession around something that like is also like a recreation or something that is functional, something that can build something so beautiful. So yeah, that definitely feels like a snow day activity, like a snow day binge show. So thanks so much for for sharing that and for bringing that to school and life. So that wraps up this week's episode of School and Life podcast. Make sure that you share School and Life with a friend. Let somebody know how much you love the show and why they should listen as well. We look forward to chatting with you next week. School's out. Class dismissed.